Welcome to Inner Force. Your host is Angela King. Inner Force is all about using the tools within you to be a better leader. If you are looking to build a better business, connect more effectively with others, and become the leader you've always wanted to be, it's time to unleash your own inner force. Now, here is Angela King. Welcome. I'm Angela King, and this is Inner Force. Today, we're talking about the power of tracking our internal states. And we're going to learn a little bit about how we can more precisely do that. We'll learn how tracking what's happening in our physical and emotional body can support us in our work and in our relationships. And we'll do that by talking through a specific framework and discussing some tactics. Later in the show, in our New Ventures West segment, we'll be joined by Michelle Gale, who was formerly the head of learning and leadership development at Twitter and recently published Mindful Parenting in a Messy World, Living with Presence and Parenting with Purpose. As we learn to more precisely track our internal states, we build our emotional intelligence skills, which both support our connection to ourselves and with others. This is what being connected to our inner force is all about. So what is our inner force? We define it as our deepest, most authentic self and the source of our vitality. Our inner force houses our deepest truths, our most tightly held values, and our intuition. And it's already within each of us. The mission of this Inner Force show is to help create a set of practices to use in the midst of our busy lives that will do three things. The first is to help us connect to ourselves. The second is to help have a regenerative impact on the state of our inner world. And that's what we're going to spend most of today talking about. And then lastly, to provide fuel for us to bring our contribution out into the world. Accessing our inner force requires development of a skill that we may or may not have, and that's the skill of self-attunement. We define that as a physiological and emotional sensing of one's own current experience, rhythm, mood, and needs. The topics and practices that we are introducing as a part of this show are designed to hone our skill of self-attunement. And over the course of the previous five weeks, we've been on a journey of connecting with our breath and our physical body. We've been exploring mindfulness and examining the nature of our thoughts, all of which begins to strengthen our connection to ourselves and paves the way for transformation. Last week, specifically, we introduced the notion of the power of our inner dialogue. And specifically, we ventured into the territory of getting familiar with our inner critic, We talked about how connecting to our inner force rather than our inner critic supports our transformation. And the inner critic is relevant to what we're going to speak about today in terms of our internal states. So as a reminder, I'll just recap briefly what the inner critic is and where it comes from. The inner critic develops out of the socialization process. When we were little, we began to internalize the voice of our caregivers that told us not to run across the street or put our finger in the light socket. The internalization of that voice helped keep, keep us safe at that point in our lives. But now, once we're grown up and the socialization process is complete, this structure turns its attention to trying to help us manage all kinds of other choices. And without us being aware of it, it can really get in our way. Now, it's important to note that the development of the inner critic is essential in our development. There's absolutely nothing wrong with it. And our caregivers, our teachers, our coaches, we're actually doing their job by helping us learn how to keep ourselves safe in the world. The inner critic commentary often takes the forms of shoulds and should nots. It has a sound of being very critical and punitive versus our true inner voice, which is more kind and supportive. Now, last week, we introduced the practice of the week around observing our inner critic and making a list of how the inner inner critic specifically attacks us, brainstorming a list of interventions and starting to experiment with that. And we'd love to hear how that went for you. So if you'd like to share your questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you at fuelinnerforce.com. 
And if you're in the Bay Area and interested in taking a class on this with Sarta, who was with us last week, there's one coming up in San Francisco uh, at the beginning of May. And you can go to newventureswest2.com to learn more about that. So this week, we're building on what we've covered so far in the Inner Force journey, combining the breath and mindfulness as we explore how these tools can help us begin to understand and track the regulation of our body and emotions during our everyday life. We're going to both talk through a simple new framework, as well as talk specifically about how mindfulness deepens our capacity to do this regulation of our body. So today we're introducing the framework called the Zones of Regulation, which was created by Leah Coopers. And this is a simple system that was designed to teach self-regulation. And I believe it's something that almost every one of us can benefit from. And particularly as leaders in our business lives, we know that we want to meet the situations that we're in during our busy days in the most optimal state that we can. And when we, in order to increase our capacity to meet those situations, we have to have some awareness of where we are in our internal state. And so let's start with defining what we're talking about here. What is self-regulation? So I'm going to use Cooper's definition, which is, quote, the ability to achieve the preferred state of alertness in any given situation. This includes regulating one's own bodies as well as one's emotions. And the zones of regulation is a conceptual framework used to teach self-regulation, and it does so through categorizing our states of alertness into four colored zones, which is a really simple way to do it. So the red zone is used to describe extremely heightened states of awareness or alertness in which we could be having very intense kinds of emotion like anger or rage. We could be exploding in some way in terms of our behavior. The yellow zone is what is used to describe a heightened state of alertness. And this zone covers the spectrum from excited to anxious. So a person may be experiencing stress, frustration, anxiety, excitement, or nervousness. The green zone is used to describe a regulated state of alertness, basically our ideal state, where a person is calm, happy, focused, and content. And the blue zone is used to describe kind of that other end of the spectrum from red and yellow, which is very low states of awareness in which one might feel sad, tired, sick, or bored. This is when one's body and brain is moving slowly or sluggishly. Now, it's important to note that we can be in more than one zone at a time. For example, we might be exhausted and in the blue zone because we stayed up late working on our presentation for the next day. And we might also be in the yellow zone because we're anxious about that upcoming presentation. So what this system does is it helps us start to pay attention to which zone I'm in throughout the day. And whatever our answer is, we can then start to understand what we might need to do in order to take care of ourselves so that we can meet the situation that we're going into next. And it's important here to to strike the balance, right, between having awareness of what's happening in our internal system and instead of just acting to change it right away, bringing our presence to it and at the same time cultivating some agency to make shifts when we need to. And this is a delicate balance. We don't want to force ourselves to try and be in a state we're not, but rather to bring our awareness to it and be able to name it. Now, why does this matter? So we can pretty easily probably see the benefits of starting to apply this system to ourselves during our workday. For example, if we're in the red zone, would that be the time or the way in which we want to make critical decisions for our business and our teams or our employees? You know, probably not. And yet... We don't have much choice in the matter if we don't have the awareness that we're in the red zone. So the first step is having that awareness. The next step is bringing our attention to it, getting present. And then often by getting present, things will often start to shift on their own. And, you know, this simple system actually helped me today (laughs) because one of the things that happens on the morning of a show is I tend to go into the yellow zone. And as I prepare to get on the air live to do this on Tuesdays. And I'll often both feel excited and nervous to go on the air. And then what happened this morning is my technology wasn't working, and that was sending me quickly into the red zone, actually. And so then it's about 
you know, taking some, for me, taking some stepping out, getting some fresh air, taking a few conscious breaths and trying to sort of turn my attention to what I'm feeling when I'm feeling it. And um, by doing that, started to calm myself down. So what happens that it increases our state of alertness? So there's external factors like maybe being verbally attacked by somebody at work or your technology not working before you're supposed to go live on the air like it did to me today. Or internal factors like an attack from our inner critic that we talked about last week. And this is an inquiry we can start to be in for ourselves, right? We can start to understand some common ways or common things both internally and externally that impact our system. This can be really helpful to start to reflect on so that we're aware of what they are ahead of time. That is all about sort of shining the light. And as we've talked about in previous episodes, what we're up to in this inner force journey of making the unconscious conscious. So, you know, I have a question of what would it look like if we each took a pause before we started a business meeting and named what zone we were in, for example. And if someone was in the red zone, what if we asked them what they need and to actually give them permission to maybe step out and take a couple minutes to attend to what they need? Can you imagine how our experience at work might change if we had a systematic way to bring in the awareness of our internal states before we tried to accomplish something difficult together in a meeting or a hard situation? How, what if we gave ourselves that short time and respect that it che- takes to check in in that way? How would that change what we can accomplish together? And how would it shift our dialogue? You know, my guess is that we would make some very positive changes in both the output of what we can create and how we feel while we're doing it. Coming up next, I'll share a personal story from my time at Apple that illustrates how our internal states can affect the environment around us. So we need to take a quick break now, and when we'll come back, we'll hear more about how we can track our internal states more effectively. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Inner Force is brought to you by New Ventures West. Pioneers of the renowned integral coaching method, New Ventures West has been offering transformative training programs for three decades. Their world-class faculty is known for developing masterful coaches who are of genuine service to their clients while staying true to themselves. With a focus on personal transformation and practical wisdom, leaders from all over the world have learned to cultivate greater capacity and fulfillment in their lives and to make a more meaningful contribution to those around them. Learn how integral coaching is applied in business leadership through masterful conversations. A three-day workshop for professionals offered in San Francisco, the Washington, D.C. area, and other cities worldwide. Visit newventureswest.com slash innerforce to explore what is possible. That's newventureswest.com slash innerforce. New Ventures West. Bring your whole self to life. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. This is Inner Force with Angela King. We'd love to hear your questions and comments on today's show. Please send your questions and comments by email to info at fuelinnerforce.com. Now, back to Inner Force. Welcome back. I'm Angela King, and this is Inner Force. And today we're talking about the power of tracking our internal states. And to illustrate the point about why this matters, I'd like to bring in a real-life work example from my days at Apple. 
As some of you know, I worked at Apple for about 12 years, starting in the year 2000. I went there to help be a part of the retail team to launch and expand the retail stores across the world. And during my time at Apple, I spent many years traveling and living abroad, actually. And in this particular uh, story, I had come in from London to Cupertino for our monthly strategy meeting. And I'd gotten into the office super early because I'm on UK time. So I was up at like four in the morning and I had time to do all my practices, my short run at the gym and a little bit of yoga and a meditation. So I was in the office at about 7 a.m. and really squarely in the green zone. I'm kind of bopping around, checking to make sure that everything we had prepared was in good order for the meeting, et cetera. And one of the head designers sees me and says, you know, Angela, I'm so happy to see you. This place just feels better when you're in town. And I was feeling really touched by what she said, and I said thank you, and then we went along our business of getting ready for the big meetings that day. So then, just two hours later, around 9 a.m., my boss calls, and he rattles off about 10 things that he would like to have ready for the meeting in an hour, 10 things that we hadn't agreed on to be ready for that meeting in an hour. And as he started listing off the things that he wanted, I quickly escalated from my lovely green zone space right on into the yellow. And now, you know, at least five of the things that were on his list were virtually impossible. We've talked about them and they're exactly the data that we want, but it's actually, it doesn't even exist. So three of them are projects that are on our docket to do, but they take six months to accomplish and we haven't even started those yet. And then the last two are things we're actively working on, but we're not ready for prime time in a meeting in an hour. And so I tried to calmly explain this all to him and said I would do our best to pull together what we could to show our progress on those last two, at least. And by the time I hung up with him, I was having a massive inner critic attack that landed me squarely in the red zone. My mind was racing with all that I should have done to anticipate this phone call and the ways that I should have pushed up timelines, or I should have done this, or I shouldn't have done that. And, you know, I'm just massively berating and attacking myself from the inside. And it was at this point that another one of the lead designers looks at me and says, Ange, are you okay? You look like hell. So somehow the energy that I was throwing out into the space went from, I'm so ha- you're so happy to have me around, to you look like hell. And, you know, I, I mentioned this because I think it's an example of the ripple effect and the impact that we can have on the environment around us when our internal states spiral into chaos. And I did finally pull myself together. And to do that, I took a walk outside, took some deep breaths, sort of stayed with what I was feeling for a couple of minutes. And then I came back in to talk to my team in the calmest way that I could. And together we generated some ways to show the work in progress to help address what my boss was pointing to. And we ended up having a great meeting. So, you know, we can apply our mindfulness practice with the knowledge of these zones of regulation to create an incredibly powerful combination that raises our awareness of what's happening in the moment and then gives us more power to choose to sort of take that pause that we might need to take and to meet the situation that we're in in a way that best serves us. So we did a uh, show on mindfulness a couple weeks ago um, and I'd like to do just a quick recap here for those of you who may have missed that. So You know, mindfulness is the ability to, and we're using John Kabat-Zinn's definition here, uh, the ability to pay attention in a particular way, on purpose, in the present moment, non-judgmentally. So when we engage in an activity with mindfulness, we're actually bringing our highly focused attention to what we're doing when we're doing it. We're literally training our brain to return our attention to the moment. And in this process, we naturally learn a great deal about our internal states our, our thought patterns and the way our thoughts actually affect our internal states, as in my example of my inner critic attack, throwing me squarely into the red zone there. And so to get started with a mindfulness practice, what we suggest that you do is take an activity that you already do every day and create an intention to use that activity as a part of a mindfulness practice, taking something simple like washing the dishes. 
And then the idea is to bring your focus to the act of doing the activity while you're doing it. So, and it may help to focus on your five senses. So if you take the example of washing the dishes, you can focus on how the water feels on your hands, how the soap might smell, the sound of the running water, how the bubbles form on the dishes. And I know as I explain this, it sounds simple and almost silly really, but it can be really difficult to do given the natural wandering nature of our mind. So as you try this and experiment with it, your mind will wander to our to-do list, what happened earlier in the day, what's going to happen later in the day. And the practice, the actual muscle that we're building here is to, when we find our mind wandering, to note, notice that and to simply say something to ourselves like thinking without any judgment and bring back our focus to what we're doing when we're doing it. Now, Michelle Gale, is, um, who's going to be with us later today, says this in her book, Mindful Parenting in a Messy World, Living with Presence and Parenting with Purpose. Quote, being mindful does not mean that you're calm all the time. You can just as easily be aware of your anxiety, anger, or fear as you can be all zen and relaxed. And this is super important because mindfulness doesn't mean that we're only trying to be zenned out. Mindfulness cultivates the capacity within us to become aware of whatever is happening in our system, which as Michelle points to, can be an entire range of emotions. For example, and in my example earlier of the getting ready for the meeting, we can be mindful that we're having an inner critic attack and that's putting us into the red zone. And then if we turn our attention to our body and our emotion of what's happening, we can identify where we are, what zone we're in, and this is the first step. And then the next step is to utilize the pause to allow that anger, whatever other emotion is present to actually be there. And something magical happens when we turn our presence to our big emotions. We actually can have more space to then accept them. And in the acceptance of them, they begin to shift. So mindfulness allows us to have more ability to bring ourselves into the current moment. That's what it's designed to do. And the zones framework is a simple way to then understand the state of our physical and emotional system in that current moment and to label it. And this combination of the two is powerful, allowing us to be aware of and name what's happening inside of us. What's key here is that sometimes our impulse is to change it right away. And what we want to do is just bring our awareness to what's happening, get present to our current state, and then give ourselves the opportunity to accept what's happening. So going back to that earlier example of my massive inner critic attack that landed me in the red zone, if I can track that, I can then breathe, turn my attention to the anger, And I can even accept that I'm feeling angry. And notice the words I'm using there. I'm feeling angry, which is different than I am angry. When we move from I am angry to I'm feeling angry, we can get some space from it because we're not identified with it, which is a big difference. And this has us have a more productive outcome probably than yelling at somebody because I'm feeling angry and not being aware of it. So, for example, if I would have yelled at my team in that particular situation, displacing my anger with myself and my inner critic attack out onto them, which is very common, we would have all been down at that point. That doesn't have us the ability to tap into our creativity in that moment if I'm yelling, right? That doesn't work. So, um, having that space to meet the situation where we could use our creativity to meet the situation and come up with a good solution. It makes a really big difference. Now, learning the zones system can also deepen our ability to regulate our body, can be a game changer as we learn and know more clearly what we need to do to take care of our physical and emotional bodies. And we're going to talk a little bit about this next week. Um, But we can start to notice the anxiety that shows up in the yellow zone, for example, and the ripple effect that that then has on how my physical body feels. So maybe with anxiety, we feel physical constriction in our body. We might be holding our breath or 
breathing in a shallow way. We might be constricting our hands or our shoulders or tightening our jaw. And this information is gold, of course, because once we become aware of the constriction that we're holding, we can take steps to address it. Otherwise, we end up holding ourselves in these constricted ways all day long, and we fall over in exhaustion at the end of the day. So coming up in our New Ventures West segment, we're going to have Michelle Gale joining us, and she um, is also going to share a little bit about the what she's written in a Harvard Business School review on mindfulness. So we'll talk about that later. But before we speak to Michelle, I wanted to share a short excerpt from her latest book, The Mindful Parenting in a Messing World, which is so relevant to our topic today. And Michelle asked her son, who was four years old at the time, and I'm going to quote her here, quote, if he would let me know whenever he noticed me becoming upset and suggested that he tell me I needed to stop and take a breath. We had made an agreement that whenever he ordered the, uttered the words, breathe, mama, I would immediately stop. There would be no overriding what he was asking, no matter how powerfully the rising tide of emotion and insanity rose within me. Hearing his little voice remind me to breathe, mama, was precisely what I needed to hear. Dealing with the pressures of a career while trying to be a sane parent and loving wife, I frequently found myself frazzled, and his little voice helped me every time. This simple practice of getting Tyler to help me check in with myself became a powerful tool for change. By stopping me in my tracks before I raised my voice, Tyler enabled me to begin to notice what was happening inside of me that triggered my outbursts. I found myself floored early on in our little experiment as to how many times he noticed me getting agitated long before I caught on to it myself. To this day, many years later, Tyler will call me out on the rug if I need to stop and take a breath. He helped me learn the power of awareness. And I just think that's such a powerful, beautiful story. And um, so we need to take a quick break now and we'll come back to speak to our guest, mindfulness expert, Michelle Gale, in our New Ventures West segment. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Inner Force is brought to you by New Ventures West. Pioneers of the renowned integral coaching method, New Ventures West has been offering transformative training programs for three decades. Their world-class faculty is known for developing masterful coaches who are of genuine service to their clients while staying true to themselves. With a focus on personal transformation and practical wisdom, leaders from all over the world have learned to cultivate greater capacity and fulfillment in their lives and to make a more meaningful contribution to those around them. Learn how integral coaching is applied in business leadership through masterful conversations. A three-day workshop for professionals offered in San Francisco, the Washington, D.C. area, and other cities worldwide. Visit newventureswest.com slash innerforce to explore what is possible. That's newventureswest.com slash innerforce. New Ventures West. Bring your whole self to life. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. This is Inner Force with Angela King. We'd love to hear your questions and comments on today's show. 
please send your questions and comments by email to info at fuelinnerforce.com. Now, back to Inner Force. Welcome. I'm Angela King, and this is Inner Force. Today, we're talking about the power of tracking our internal states. And our guest in our new Ventures West segment is Michelle Gale. She was formerly the head of learning and leadership development at Twitter. She is a mindfulness expert, a certified integral coach from New Ventures West, and recently published her first book, Mindful Parenting in a Messy World, Living with Presence and Parenting with Purpose. Welcome, Michelle. We're thrilled to have you with us today. Thanks so much for having me. I'm very happy to be here. Great. So as you know, today we're talking about the combination of using mindfulness and the zones of regulation to track our internal states and how the combination of these can help us bring more awareness into our current state of our current state into the moment and be able to name it. And I just uh, shared your beautiful story about how you had your son sort of help you identify when you were getting agitated, which I interpret as you moving maybe from the green zone where things are calm and copacetic into the yellow where maybe there's some agitation or frustration. And I was thinking that maybe you could just bring that story to life a bit for us by helping us understand how that helped you. Yeah, well, it wasn't, you know, what certainly wasn't just one story. He got really good at it. (laughs) He was doing it quite often, which I so appreciated. I was really surprised by his ability to attune with me and to Mm -hmm. really notice when I was getting wound up. You know, the intention behind that came from one of my teachers, Wendy Palmer, that I worked with for many years um, doing somatic development, really understanding the body which I know you've mentioned quite a bit in this segment. And um, I wanted to be able to catch, you know, to be able to get in that habit of catching those signs in my body, very much like you describe in, in some of the zones of regulation, and, and just be able to get ahead of it so mm-hmm. that I could spend more time in a more grounded space, you know, so I could spend more time in that beloved um, green zone. <laughs> yes. And, you know, as I was listening to you, you know, it really feels like the zones of regulation really is mindfulness. I mean, it's a mindfulness practice. Yes. Certainly. And when I was doing that with my son, I was just giving him permission to help me get to know my own body signals. So yeah. what I figured out during that time, and, and I think I mentioned this in the book, but you know, I got to know the things that I was doing physically before I would start to get irritated and agitated and move into that yellow zone. So for me, it was typically pacing would start to happen. Uh-huh. I might be cleaning up frantically. <laughs> um, I, you know, I'm not exactly, I didn't catch, you know, everything over the months that Tyler did this, but certainly there was this when I would start to get agitated or irritated or frustrated there was kind of this experience of being in my upper body, almost like I was taking in a big breath that I would notice when he would say something to me. And so I would just take that pause and breathe and kind of notice the energy move down and be more equal within my body. So what he really helped me do was get to know the physical sensations that were going on for me before I kind of allowed frustration to take over. It's fantastic. Thank you so much yeah. for sharing that. And I I have to say, I um, have recently been teaching my son, who is seven, about the zones of regulation. And yeah. what has been really interesting for me is that, you know, I've had a yoga and meditation practice for yen- many, many years. But when I had to focus on recognizing in him and trying to mm. teach him about it, then I had to pay attention to myself in a different way. Yeah. And the the combination of these two, of my mindfulness practice, and this, this simple vocabulary of labeling it for myself, just really helped me sort of skyrocket my ability to track more accurately and more precisely and quick, more quickly what was happening. Yeah. In my system. Yeah, and, 
it. And, and just in that naming, we calm ourselves right. down, right? There's That's that right. wonderful research by Matthew Lieberman, I think it was back in 2004, if I'm remembering correctly. And this research told us that just by naming frustrated, angry, sad, disappointed, just right. by naming that, we calm the amygdala and clear up the prefrontal cortex to be able to, you know, our brains are able to receive information and think creatively and, and be present just by that naming. And so that's, yeah. you know, so much of what you're doing with your son when you help, when you do this with yourself and when you teach it to him, it's so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, it's so interesting. And it that, that naming of it, I think the other opportunity that it presents is what you mentioned is that pause piece. Yeah. Because yeah. when we name it and we can say, and this happened to me just a few days ago with him where I just said, mommy's feeling angry. I need to step out and get some fresh air outside the balcony of our hotel room. I need to take some breaths of fresh air and I'll be back and we can finish this you know, negotiation that we're having right now. Yeah. And, um, and you know, just the, the naming of it for myself then says, okay, what, do, what can I do? What agency do I have in this moment? What choice do I have to, and it stops, right, the escalation to yelling, which is the last thing I want to do is yell at my little kiddo. So it, it interrupts that process and, um, it can work with our teams. It can work with our, in our most intimate relationships. It can work. And, and uh, you know, the beauty of this is that once we start practicing w- one place, it starts to uh, help us in all kinds of other areas. Yeah, it really does. That pause makes a big difference. You know, I often, when I'm working with executives, will give them little practices to do during the day. You know, it's like, how, yeah. do I, how do I stop that? You know, I, I went too far again, you know, in the meeting, you know, in the conversation. How do I interrupt that like you were doing with your son? And, and it really is in bringing in that pause like you've mentioned. And I often will tell executives, you know, take on one practice. Just pick one thing. So it might be that, you know, and I often tell them recently, I have a client who, who has two young daughters as well. And so I said, here, you find something that your kids will like. So she found this little sparkly stickers that they have. And uh-huh. she's using them at home and work. But she's putting everywhere, everywhere, putting these stickers on her computer, in her wallet, you know, yep. anywhere she'll bump into them. And that sticker is the reminder to pause and breathe for her and for her daughter. Yeah, So beautiful. it's a beautiful way to weave it into work and also at home. And so there's just a little centering practice we can do, right? Whatever it might yes. work for us. It's just, you know, I often say just posture implies the breath. So sit up straight and pause and breathe. You know, allow yes. yourself to feel gravity for a moment. Yes. And, and just, just pause and then start again and do it right. in all these times of non-stress first, right? We have to practice in times of non-stress. Absolutely. So that comes, we have a chance of interrupting yes. and we won't do it right every time. And that's yes. something I'm sure you talk about that's really, really important to remember. Yes. Yeah. James Flaherty from New Ventures West always says to practice when it's easy so that it will be there for us when it's hard. And exactly. you know, that's exactly, exactly what you're talking about. I think you're I'm also sure alluding that's where to I learned that the first time. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was from James many, many yeah. moons ago. Yeah, yeah, and and I think the the other piece that I think you're speaking to so beautifully is the idea of, and we're going to talk a little bit about this next week, around how we put fuel in our tank before we're too low. So you know, with the st- the sparkly stickers, I love that um, to have those as reminders so that we're taking pauses throughout the day in a proactive way that helps then support our nervous system uh, as opposed to waiting until we're boiling over. Yeah, absolutely. And that might mean like if, if you're in a place where you can get outside to do meetings outside, you know, take a walk, walk around the block. It might be to make sure there's some exercise, you know, maybe it's in the morning or in the evening, sleep is just, you know, one of the number ones. Ariana Huffington's done a lot of supporting yes. that and getting that getting that out there. But sleep, you know, is just so, so important. It's just really hard to be our best selves when we're exhausted. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So true. Um, so, and how, so 
We only have a couple of minutes left, so let's just start a little bit by talking about your, you wrote an article in the Harvard Business Review entitled, How Busy Working Parents Can Make Time for Mindfulness, and we actually have a link up on fuelinterforce.com to that article, so people can grab that. Um, and what I was hoping to have you, you know, talk a little bit about next here is share your insights into how we can incorporate mindfulness practice into our busy daily lives. Yeah, I think in the article I talk about an exercise I do with parents or non-parents just when they're trying to weave it into what they're already doing, particularly when you're working with very busy people, which many of us, so many of us are, um, and they're entering into this practice for the first time. I think, you know, it'd be nice if everybody starts sitting, started by sitting in meditation for 30 to 40 to 50 minutes a day, but that's not realistic often. Um, happens sometimes, but not usually. And so my suggestion is to you know, write down from the morning to the evening all the moments of your day. Wake up, have coffee, make breakfast for my kids, you know, walk to the, get dressed, walk to the car. I mean, it seems a little mundane, but just to right. write down those points. And then look through them and think, where can I inject mindfulness? And often it could just be walking from one meeting to the next at work where you're just practicing mindful walking, really putting your attention on your legs and the muscles in your legs. And as your feet hit the floor, you don't have to be walking slowly or weird or anything, just paying attention to walking from one place to another. And it might be that, you know, we all have to sit down at our computer. So each time we sit down at our computer or each time we pick up our phone, we pause and we take a breath and we center and then we continue. And that we can do that in seconds. Maybe we want to take a luscious 30 seconds to do that but we can't <laughs> seconds it might just be yeah. each time we start to eat it's just one mindful bite and we really taste the food right? Right. so that's kind of where I was going in the article love that I love that yeah and we're going to have to take a quick break and we'll be back to hear more from mindfulness expert Michelle Gale and uh, we'll also talk about the practice of the week thanks so much for listening we'll be right back Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Inner Force is brought to you by New Ventures West. Pioneers of the renowned integral coaching method, New Ventures West has been offering transformative training programs for three decades. Their world-class faculty is known for developing masterful coaches who are of genuine service to their clients while staying true to themselves. With a focus on personal transformation and practical wisdom, leaders from all over the world have learned to cultivate greater capacity and fulfillment in their lives and to make a more meaningful contribution to those around them. Learn how integral coaching is applied in business leadership through masterful conversations. A three-day workshop for professionals offered in San Francisco, the Washington, D.C. area, and other cities worldwide. Visit newventureswest.com slash innerforce to explore what is possible. That's newventureswest.com slash innerforce. New Ventures West. Bring your whole self to life. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio. Voice America Business Network. This is Interforce with Angela King. We'd love to hear your questions and comments on today's show. Please send your questions and comments by email to info at fuelinnerforce.com. Now, back to Interforce. Welcome back. I'm Angela King, and this is Interforce. Today, we're talking about the power of tracking our internal states 
And we just have a few more minutes with mindfulness expert Michelle Gale. And then later in this segment, we'll introduce our practice of the week. So, Michelle, in continuing our conversation, in your work with executives, I was wondering if you might speak to the impact of how beginning a mindfulness practice can have the leader's experience of being a leader shift, how they might be able to regulate themselves and what impact that has on their leadership. Yeah, that's a good question. And depending on the leader, it certainly will look differently, you know, based on what their regular patterns are. But overall, I can tell you um, with the many leaders I've worked with and done this work, um, a big one is that elusive executive presence, (laughs) you know, all Uh of a sudden is more accessible, right? And so often, just recently, I had a client, I asked them to describe, you know, what is executive presence? And where their mind went was very much that they kind of knew what to say, when to say it, um, you know, that they were clear on what they were saying. And, and there wasn't any conversation on who they were being and how they were making people feel. So the next question I asked them was, how do you want people to feel when they're around you? Right? And of right. course, those kind of answers were much more, I want them to feel held and cared for and like I'm being present and I'm a good listener. Right? So all those things started coming up. So I was able to point them to, like, this is what we're talking about around executive presence is that people really feel us. They feel you. And we all know those leaders when they come into the room. Like, the energy just kind of shifts towards them, you know? And and there's this openness. There's this openness. So very much executive presence can be impacted very quickly, even by taking on a small practice. And I've had people say that they've gotten feedback very quickly that, People feel, just feel them more than they did before. Certainly what you've spoken to is kind of reacting less and being present and aware more. So less reaction, more curiosity and openness. And certainly this accessibility to creative thinking. And when we're out of that stressful amygdala brain, we have access to so much more creativity. Yes, So there's a few that come to mind. Yeah, beautiful. I'm so glad you're bringing in the executive presence because that's actually something we haven't talked about yet as a benefit of mindfulness. And it, it certainly, I, I feel that way that it's so, it happens so quickly too. It's yeah. amazing how it doesn't take much. I think we spoke about this and we gave this as the um, the practice of the week a few weeks ago when we covered mindfulness around just the act of taking an activity that you already do every day, and we recap that this week, um, and bringing a different level of attention to it, that mm-hmm. just in that move, so much can begin to open up as yeah. the doorway to this mindfulness practice. And then if you want to take it to the next level, then it becomes, how do you you know, make time to sit down and do some meditation um, to sort of... Yeah, or maybe just do mindful listening. Right? Mm, learn yeah. mindful listening. Learn what that is. You know, mindful listening is essentially just really being generous with your listening. Can't do this when every conversation, it wouldn't be practical. We wouldn't get through the day. But when it's a high stakes conversation or something important, then really listening. Maybe it's just during a one on one when you're asking them about their personal life, you know, and not just about business. And you're really giving them your presence and you're not listening to respond and you're not listening to, you know, think about how you relate to this or not, right? Really being present and just receiving. And people can feel that right away from our leaders and from our executives. Like, oh, they're really hearing me. They're really listening to me. So even just practicing mindful listening a few times during the day can make a huge impact on on the leadership climate surrounding any given executive or leader. Beautiful. Yeah, thank you so much for bringing that in. That's such an, uh, a simple way, which is not necessarily easy to do in the midst of our busy lives and our busy workday, yeah. but so important and so beneficial to ourselves and our teams. So thank you for bringing yeah. that in. Yeah, you're welcome. The hardest part about doing practicing mindfulness is remembering to do it. <laughs> That's right. It's, it's That's not right. That's really why it's not that hard. It's just remembering. No. 
That's right. That's why I like your sparkly stickers idea. That's fantastic. Um, So unfortunately, we're going to have to wrap up with you, Michelle, today. But thank you so much for joining us and bringing your insights and expertise on this topic. I so appreciate it. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Okay. Thank you. And it's that time in the show when we introduce the practice of the week. And so what we're going to be doing this week is building in the mindfulness practice that we um, have been suggesting here where we take a existing daily activity, an example of like brushing your teeth or washing the dishes and bringing a new level of attention to it. So we're going to ask that step one, we begin the activity and bring your focus to the fully to the act of doing the activity while you're doing it. And your mind's going to wander off into thinking and to simply say to yourself, I'm thinking without judgment and bring your focus back to what you're doing when you're doing it. And then the second step is to observe, to take a minute after you finish that activity and, and ask yourself, what zone does it feel like I'm in? And uh, then to step three, to get present, to take 10 conscious breaths and feel our feet, feel the weight of the gravity of our body. And then step four is to support ourselves wherever we are and to ask ourselves, what's one thing that I could do to support myself in the zone I'm in now? We have a recap of this up on fuelinnerforce.com that both recaps the practice list the zones and um, make some suggestions about support for each zone. And of course, we're wanting to, as we have in the past, to remember what we call the three C's, to support ourselves in this journey by engaging with courage to try it in the first place, curiosity to get interested in what's happening in our inner experience, our thoughts and our feelings, and compassion to be kind to ourselves no matter what we find. And that concludes our uh, show for today. We hope you'll join us next week when we talk about the power of our inner fuel tank. We'll be exploring how we can take care of ourselves and how that impacts our emotions, connects us into our inner force, and supports high performance so that we have more capacity to meet the situations we're in in the way we intend. We'll be talking about a new definition of self-care. And we'll explore this notion of how we can attend to ourselves in a new way. We call it our inner fuel tank. And we'll be talking about how we can engage in fueling up while we work, not thinking about those as two separate acts. We'll be joined by Adam Klein, who is a practicing integral coach here in the Bay Area, the global graduate director for New Ventures West, and a faculty member of this school, who will bring and share his expertise on the topic. As we learn the impact of taking care of our physical bodies can have on our emotional states, we position ourselves to drive high performance in ourselves and our teams. You can join us next week here on the Voice America Business Channel on Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern and 1 p.m. Pacific. The most important connection we make is the one that we cultivate with ourselves. Connect, ignite, rise. I'm Angela King, and this is Inner Force. Thanks so much for listening, and we hope you'll join us next week. Thank you for tuning in this week to Inner Force. Be sure to join host Angela King for another program next Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Inner Force. Connect. Ignite. Rise.